Nuria Martinez-Keel. You're listening to The Source. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful stories with the reporters who wrote them. This week, as Oklahoma businesses rebound from the pandemic, former employees aren't too keen to come back. We'll explore why lower-wage restaurant jobs especially have become difficult to fill. The Oklahomans' food dude, Dave Cathy, is with me this week. Uh, The last time we had Dave, our food editor on the podcast, we talked about the struggles for restaurants and their employees trying to keep their businesses running during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now it seems like more customers are coming in the door, but employees are not. What's the struggle with staffing been like lately? That's a good way of putting it. Uh, I, I had one restaurant operator say that, diners are more anxious to get back into the dining rooms than the employees are. That's, that's how it's playing right now. Yeah. Nuri, several things have occurred. Um, so before the pandemic, there already was a bit of a crunch in the food service industry, uh, more on the front of front of the house side, your waiters and waitresses, they were all, we already, we had a bit of a, we had too many restaurants, you know, we were a little oversaturated in our, on our dining establishments, which uh, had made it to where uh, servers are already making really good money. Now you throw in a pandemic and all those jobs disappear. And every restaurant, practically every restaurant, uh, depending on the size and the debt service, had a different way that they had to handle this. So there's not one way that the restaurateurs did it to create a problem. So probably the number of ways they, they fixed their problems probably added to the confusion. So, yeah. So uh, I had one guy tell me, uh, Ryan Parrott told me one of the things that you didn't, that no one would have foreseen is that uh, the pandemic created new jobs. Uh, and, and so now, and because the pandemic isn't over, you still need those jobs. And so you can't get, get rid of them yet. So now it's not, you just, you're not just short, but it's, it's, you need, you have a bigger staff now for a certain amount of time. So that's an issue. Uh, one of the things that has added to it, uh, even before the pandemic was the, was the emergence of dispensaries. Um, think about the people that work in a dispensary and it's, it's, you know, this is the same people that you would typically be looking at to be your, you know, entry level waiters, waitresses, and bartenders are now bud tenders. And of course, during the pandemic, there were no bars for, for a long time and the the dispensaries never closed. So again, it was just, it's sort of like it was something that was a small, tap into the staffing issue became like a full blown hose, you know, sucking out all the, all these jobs. And, and then people get it. And now a lot of those people have moved into that industry. They don't want to move back. Uh, some do, some don't, but yeah. And so we're seeing some of that. So several factors going into it right now. A lot of these hospitality workers lost their jobs a year ago when um, on the whole restaurants were ordered to close temporarily because of the pandemic. And these people had to rely on unemployment for income. And I believe it was the owner of Vast, um, the restaurant at the top of the Devon Tower, who told you that these employees have been incentivized not to come into work. And he thought that that should stop. Is this a case? of people who used to work in hospitality have found steadier income through unemployment from than from restaurant wages and i mean if so have restaurants considered paying them a more competitive wage <laughs> well see that's what's interesting that's something we i haven't even mentioned uh th- that they are right now uh this is if you're looking for a job in a kitchen right now sign up 
Uh, that's one of the things uh, in the story that that we we talk about. Steve has some inform- information about that about signing bonuses, even at places like McDonald's, you know, giving pretty good signing bo- bonuses. So yeah, right now, I mean, from what I understand, uh, if you're if you're under fourteen or fifteen bucks an hour at a restaurant, you need to go f- look for another job because that's the going rate, and that's well above average for that for that industry right now. So that isn't so much the issue. And, and the thing is about the unemployment. It's less of a problem now than it was a month ago, two months ago, three months, and all the way back. But it's still a bit of a problem. And the issue there is some of the folks who are not coming back to work who are still on unemployment have legitimate reasons for drawing that unemployment. Their living situation, their own health might drive that decision. Well, mixed in there, you might also have some people who are just living a better life. Because they're making something close to what they were making in wages or in, in restaurants. This is true. When the PPE was uh, first uh, announced, the mean average of what they were going to pay was uh, above a restaurant worker. So a lot of restaurant workers got a raise for during the during the pandemic, you know, temporarily, but nevertheless. And so that's so they're still dealing with a little bit of that. Not as bad as it used to be. But yeah, uh, Kurt Fleischfresser, he's like, hey, we just want you guys to do your job because he, he told me that, you know, they were having to get to the point where they were having to start actually looking to say, Hey, is this person really got a problem? You know, you know, and nobody wants to be that person. Nobody wants to be tailing up people, you know, if there's really a problem, but that's why the, the message is, yeah, please, you guys do it. So we don't have to, and, and we'll all feel more secure because it, it is an issue. It is an issue. And you know, you can't really blame somebody for accepting more pay to do less work. I mean, for at least for a minute, I mean, you have to ask yourself who wouldn't do that. <laughs> but now we are in a point in in the in culture and in the world where, yeah, we kind of need you to everybody step up, and if you're able to make that sacrifice and get back out there, you know, go ahead and do it. So it's interesting that you present that in the context of a sacrifice, because first of all, I mean, I think a lot of people <laughs> probably would say, well, me taking a job shouldn't be a sacrifice, but. It was for a lot of restaurant workers who continue to work through this pandemic. Um, I think the last time you were on the podcast, you really surprised me when you said that most COVID cases reported at restaurants, and there were a lot of them, came from infections of employees, not customers. It sounds like working in a restaurant wasn't ideal if you wanted to avoid catching the virus. Has that been another deterrent? Yeah, exactly. That I think there's no doubt that that has been the case because yes, in food service, you know, most kitchens are in really close quarters. Like we laugh about it, honestly, when, uh, over the years, uh, it's, it's a joke how small certain kitchens are and, and are still able to produce so much. And it never seemed like a real problem until something like this. So yeah, it has created that. And I, and there is no doubt in my mind, there's no data to show that, that restaurant workers are afraid to go back to work in restaurants, but it would, I mean, come on with the, with the case numbers, what they were, it just stands to reason, especially if there's any other options. And that, like I say, when the dispensaries offer such a, such a, I mean, it's such a good option for a lot of these people is like, of course I'm going to do that. I'm behind a counter. You know, I, I, I'm not in, in somebody's face in a kitchen or anything like that. Yeah. It definitely has been a deterrent. And and, and I think that, you know, obviously as the, as the pandemic wanes, that, that will recede, but we're not really that close to that. We're not close enough to those days yet. One of the things that the restaurants most fear right now going in for what's going on right now is the amount of business 
from not just from how short staffed they are, but from the health side too. You know, it's that same issue. If you have more people in your place, then that raises the chances that you're going to have an infection. So, and because that is still the case, yeah, that is still, that's still in the minds of, of owners. And of course, I have no doubt it's in the, in the minds of the employees. Yeah. Um, it, you know, a lot of these jobs are, are part-time. Um, sounds like they're being paid more now, but in the past they were a bit yeah. uh, notorious for not being yeah. high wage earners. There's a lot of COVID risk. And, and another thing people brought up, I think, uh, just seeing some chatter on social media is uh, the customer service aspect. I think uh, yeah. waiters, servers uh, have had to deal with a lot of difficult customers. <laughs> yeah. um, that's a, an unfortunate part of the job. People who aren't very uh, polite to the people who are serving them their food. You mentioned in your story um, that there were some restaurant owners who were, for the first time, thinking about whether they should bar customers. Now, is that barring them for bad behavior or for not complying with certain COVID precautions? Why is that starting to become a real consideration now? I'll just give you an example. Um, It wasn't the operator that told me that, but another one. Uh, who uh, Sean Cummings? He would he wouldn't have any no problem with me telling his story. Uh, he had a this was a few months ago. He had a customer walk in without a mask, and his uh, young female uh, host met him and said, "Oh, we uh, could you put on a mask?" And he said, "No." She presented him with a mask. He took the mask. He blew his nose in it and he threw it at her. Yeah, and, and so that's the kind of stuff that has happened. Uh, in, in over through, throughout the pandemic as, as people have been able to come back. So you've got that's that level of behavior that was already going on. As you can imagine, the first people to get back into the restaurants are going to be the people who, for whatever reason, you know, have some political reason for wanting to not wear a mask and all this stuff, you know, so there's a lot of the, a lot of that. And, and then, and then very simply, you just have folks who are, who are just way, they've been inside way too long. You know, it's almost like people getting out of solitary in some of these cases, and they just haven't had time to fully appreciate what everyone has been through. And it's certainly not at a restaurant where they've been feeling the same feelings, but also still having to go to work every day. That's a big part of it. I think a lot of people forget. I have so many friends that I've heard say, oh, I haven't been to a restaurant in a year or I haven't been to this place in a year. And, and I think, you know, that's really great. And that's that's great for the public health. You, you actually help the public health with that. But people who had to go to work every day had the same stress, the same anxiety, the same fear that you had while you were at home, but they were also having to get out in it. So while it's great that you're very enthusiastic to get finally get out, you're probably, if you go into a bar or restaurant right now, you are more than likely going to be served by someone who is really at the end of their rope, you know, and, and my, that's been my, my thought on this whole thing is just treat it that way. That's really interesting that um, this staffing shortage is really forcing these businesses to come to grips with the fact that, you know, maybe we should pay our employees more. Maybe we should ensure that customers don't verbally abuse them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It, it's real. It's real. And and I'll tell you, like the, the YWCA is even has a program right now that I, I'm working on. I, I have a story that will I'll do sometime uh, in May talking about how they go into bars and actually talk to people about this very thing, how to handle you know, customers who maybe are overserved or how to not overserve all these things. But it, it's such a it's such a real concern that that there's action being taken. 
Maybe the customer is no longer always right. <laughs> that has been said. <laughs> Dave, you also reported that the cannabis industry is an attractive alternative for people who no longer want to work in restaurants or yeah. hospitality. You mentioned earlier in the podcast that while restaurants closed on the large last year, a lot of uh, medical marijuana shops stayed open. Um, but it sounds like some of those people are staying. It's not like they're trying to get back to restaurants as soon as they can. So can you tell me more about how uh, the cannabis industry is uh, such an attractive alternative? Yeah, it's 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 interesting because, you know, we should be careful and say now a ton of dispensaries actually did close because we just had way too many. You know, that that was that was obvious, but they were never forced to close. Uh, they didn't have the same uh, regulations that, that the restaurants and bars had. That's really the big difference. Now, as far as the people not coming back, I'll tell you why. It, there's a couple of reasons. On, on, the, on the surface level, it's like I said a, a minute ago, for, for, a, for a college student, young 20s, who's just looking for a transient job to, to get them through where they are in life at a certain point, it's, almost, it's just easier. A, a dispensary is almost easier to work at than a restaurant. You know, just show up, work your hours, go home. Now, restaurant or bar, you might make more money because of the tipping and all that. But but that's but the people that don't care about that, they're going to stay at the dispensary. The other side of it is, and, and because cannabis is such a new industry, a lot of people that go into it find that there's a whole world of opportunity within the cannabis. I mean... I've, I've, I know people that have completely gone into the industry there and they don't work at a dispensary. They don't own a dispensary, but they're somewhere now within the industry because there's, it's a growth. It's a growth industry right now. We have farms popping up around the state. We have people from out of state all over Oklahoma right now, building the infrastructure for businesses. That's job creation on very, on a lot of levels. So, and again, because it's a growth industry, it's not going to be subtle. You know, these jobs are going to be hard and fast, and I'm sure they'll pay pretty well, at least, you know, you know, versus what they normally would. So yeah, I think that really kind of, the growth of the industry itself is probably what drives it. So is low staffing going to be a long-term problem for restaurants, or do you think this is only a temporary situation? Um, I tell you, Nuria, I think the long-term problem that restaurants face is that this pandemic exposed something that everyone who is in the business already knew, which is the model is archaic. And as, we, as we've known in the print media business for years, paying a quarter for something that comes out every day, like we always knew that didn't make sense. Like, how is this? And, and, and restaurants are the same way. They've always known that, wait a minute, we, we can pay our people $2 an hour. How are we able to, oh, it's because of the tipping system and all that. Well, the tipping system is so ingrained that it has created a class that would never want to give that up. There, there is a class of, of servers that, that make, you know, six figures uh, working at, the, at a specific kind of restaurant or specific kind of bar if, for a number of years and knowing what they're doing. It's possible to do that. So if you told those folks, okay, no more tips, we're going to do salaries, they'd be irate. And those are your highest class, your best people. I mean, for your industry, those are the people who are going to stick with you. So that's the concern from the restaurant side. On the other hand, if you don't make some adjustments, you're going to lose everybody on the entry side, which I think could end up being sort of a a full-on change in how we do it. I think, you know, like we did a lot of curbside delivery during the last year. I I wonder if we're going to see more food kiosks you know, more stuff like, I mean, uh, McDonald's is practically, their dining rooms are now practically all kiosks. So I think what you'll see is job reduction. You'll see 
staff reduction, you'll see places disappear. And that will, that will alleviate a lot of the issues. On the other hand, yeah, there will be some, some of this is temporary. Some of this is temporary for sure. You know, we're not all going to be on spring break, you know, in the spring break mindset for the, for 18 months, maybe if, maybe three months, but this time next year, people aren't going to be losing their minds to get out. And, and so the things will calm down and whatever that new normal is, will have begun to present itself. But yeah, I think what we'll see more than anything is adjustments that the industry makes going out. Well, I just know when I um, drive around in the city, signs of life are becoming more apparent. I'm seeing more and more people in restaurants and going yes. to shops. It's slowly starting to return to normal, but we're not out of this pandemic yet. Dave, thank you so much for bringing us up to speed on, on the situation in the service and hospitality industry. It's, it's always so interesting to talk to you about it. So thanks so much for joining me today. Enjoyed it. Thanks. Thanks for joining us this week. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahomans subscribers. We encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read these stories and more every day in the Oklahoman and at oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.